Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Coach Mark Nolan, and back with another episode of Don'tOutKickYourCoverage.com. Today's sponsor is the TheKickerZone.com, the longest-serving kicking and punting coach organization in the United States since 1975. Before we jump into our first part of our four-part series of Sports Parents University, I wanted to share with everyone why I came up with our Don't Out Kick Your Coverage podcast. You know, as an old punter and kicker, we've always been told that if we kick off driving the ball with not a lot of air under the ball or too deep on a punt where the return team can run the ball back because we out-kicked our coverage and normally heard about it on the sidelines, even though there were 10 of the players on the team, if the opposing team ran the ball back for a touchdown. This is what I used to call the Goldilocks and the Three Bears Syndrome. Too deep, not too deep, too shallow, too high, not high enough, or not far enough, or the numbers, etc. It was always the coaches telling us to don't outkick your coverage. And this is why this podcast series on everything we are doing is to help the high school athlete and their parents and guardians to understand why it's important to not outkick your coverage. And in this case, your financial coverage while chasing that athletic scholarship. And then over the years, this don't out kick your coverage became, boy, you really out kicked your coverage on marrying so-and-so and came to mean that if we married someone younger, smarter, better looking, we now are suddenly part of the being a cooler person. With don't out kick your coverage, we mean this by as a sports parent of an athlete, don't outkick your coverage by spending tens of thousands of dollars each and every year and outkicking your financial coverage and not just getting ready for that college offer, but more importantly, what to do early on to assist you to prepare for what is going to happen the day you look in the garage and take that inventory of all those $400 pairs of cleats, assorted bats, gloves, sticks, balls, and wonder what the real cost was. And yes, there are those awesome memories you formed. But again, if we can help temper those memories over the tens of thousands of dollars spent each year, that is our goal with this podcast series. Just as a reference, the average youth recreational parent will spend about $700 a year in what we call participation leagues, kind of like the ones we had growing up. And on occasion, we went to an all-star game or a tournament. But that was more of a rarity compared to today's year-round travel ball and national camp series and the sport your children play. For us, if your team came in last place, no trophies. Just get better and work harder for next year's season and even the next sport you were moving on to play in shortly. We had season-ending parties where Moms and dads would bring us a homemade Betty Crocker or Duncan Hines cake to the VFW with some Kool-Aid. And that usually satisfied everyone until the next season. While dads, of course, hung around the bar and told World War II war stories. But today, when we place the word elite or premier or academy in front of the parent, we then see the price tag a little Johnny and Janie's elite U12, 13, travel, whatever ball team headed to play at one of those multi-billion dollar youth complexes. And some of them from taxpayer funding, the price tag from mom and dad, and of course the grandparents and everyone else 
goes to the super duper elite world championships, jumps to around $12,000 a year. What the heck? Donnie needs that ring to show off for his fourth grade show and tell school. You know, even if we even have those these days and season ending parties look like an ESPN production. But if you don't believe me, just listen to this. There are over 10,000 sports complex here in the United States alone. That's a lot of tournaments and more than 60 sports each year taking place with kids and parents traveling all over the place. And yes, there are coaches who normally travel for free, but what the heck just added to the bill. Janie's going to have that D one offer at 13 years old any day. Now, just look at those super mega youth sports complexes, such as the national sports complex in Blaine, Minnesota, or the largest one, the 700,000 square foot spooky nook facility just outside of Pennsylvania that also has a couple other sites in Pennsylvania and Ohio that have all sorts of amenities to include just even a spa to take care of little Johnny's pitching arm and shopping for the whole family. Then of course we have the ESPN world of sports, which is just by coincidence is located inside Walt Disney. So yep, you got to pay to play there as well. In this case, that pay to play way is while Janie is on her way to the major division softball championship, which for you non softball folks is in the ages between nine and 12, where she can pick up that frozen or new mermaid alpha before pitching her no hitter. By the way, that $12,000 does not include even the dollars parents spend on private coaches. And no doubt, sports psychologists for those hurt feelings after not doing well in the game. And the price tag gets even higher. And yes, I do know of a youth golfer who at 13 has a sports psychologist he meets with twice a month. Hey, but good for him as parents if that does in fact help him out. I only point this out because the youth sports industry as I pointed out in my international best-selling and number one book entitled College Athletic Scholarships, The Path to Recruiting Success in the New Age of NIL, the Transfer Portal, and Post-COVID Scholarships, which is now available on Amazon, Books to Read, and a bunch of others, is that this is an $18 billion a year industry and growing at 4% each year. By the way, just in case you want some of the numbers of kids playing the sport your child plays in high school, the largest ones are the following. And yes, a special shout out to the Aspen's Institute Project Play State of Play 2020 research for these numbers. Basketball, 3.44 million kids. Baseball, 2.8 million. Soccer, 1.48 million. Football, 1.48 million. And yes, tennis, 1.41 million. Hey, don't get me wrong. We as a family went to a few of these, but it was not at our own loss of a huge expense or something we had not sat down and budgeted for when we were in the high school setting. I literally developed a financial, organizational, and personal FOP plan each year that mapped out what college camps we were going to and what schools were interested in our children attending. It was a two-minute deal we worked on. I literally had borrowed this from an FOP plan when I was in corporate world leading a large technology sales force 
team helping them map out a buyer's way and making a huge technology, multi-million dollar, multi-year contract and understand why they needed an FOP to help close a deal. For us, it was a full ride meant the same thing in making this multi-year deal and vying for us to not have to pay for college education. Now, for those interested in getting this plan, feel free to email me at mnolan at thekickerszone.com or call me at 678-200-7540 and I'll send it to you for free. Speaking about another acronym, heck, I even coined a new phrase that I know other camping guides have stolen from me, not surprising, called the PYP, which means we prefer you pay. And yes, our son had his speech dialed in when coaches were texting and calling. We didn't want to chase any fake PWO offers or preferred walk-on offers that did not fit our criteria of our son's academic and athletic goals. He was a highly talented D1 football punter by the two rankings guides. So he knew it was going to be a decision that might take a bit longer for him to drill down on his school choice. But we looked at this from a pragmatic view of me having been in this field for over 40 years. So I had the data behind me of his chances of a scholarship and knowing the processes. Sadly, as Tim Kepler, who wrote the forward in my book, some of the parents just don't want to listen. They would rather jump to another camping guide to find the Holy Grail scholarship due to their tight connections, even though this is a major and professional thing to say to an athlete and their parents. But as I stated, this was his decision. And I can't tell you how many college coaches called me to tell me to see if I could sway him to go to their school. See, in most college sports, the sell by the college coach and starting at the camps they run each season is that they really don't have that scholarship offer for little Johnny this year, but we can offer him or her a preferred walk on. And if he wins the job next year, we'll place him on a scholarship. Surely it will happen. And yet, as I've stated before, I had asked the NCAA why they don't track PWOs. But of course, they can track just about anything else and seems quite fishy to me. But hey, no worries. Get that phone ready and head over to Twitter and don't forget to add in those Twitter characters, how blessed you are and all the glory to God when you post that PW offer, which really only is a roster spot offer for the next season. So we started on the don't outkick your recoveries thing because it was something we saw that could get out of hand with two kids in private school and supporting some older relatives who are living with us and helping us financially. It was a dream, even though we were doing very well. Our daughter and son also brought into this because we had told them that mom and dad will pay for your school from K to 12. But when it comes to college, you are on your own. You better either get an academic or athletic scholarship. And they did. So to close this section out, we just wanted to provide you a quick overview of Donut Kicker coverage and why this is our theme and branding we are building. So let's jump into it, into our first Sports Parent University series and what I'm calling your freshman year, with the first being a short throwback lesson to my first youth sport as a coach. 
And yes, while it's in the eyes of me being a young 20 something person standpoint who literally was asked by our town's mayor to help out with youth sports where I grew up with and had no kids at that time asking me if I would help out with the baseball team and specifically youth baseball. You know, I was, I was considered a pretty good all around athlete in my day. So I thought I, it would be a good way to give back to our town. I started out in baseball because uh, our buddy who was the mayor asked me to, they had, they had uh, asked me to be part of this U10 team. Uh, and I brought my friend Kevin Mahoney in with me and Kevin and I had no idea of, of these kids. Now you understand the other parents, the other dads had been with these kids for three or four years or five years, like you see in many of these organizations now, but Kevin and I had no knowledge of these kids. We didn't know where they came from. We might know their parents at some point in time or live nearby, but we didn't really know their abilities to play baseball. But of course, we were told there was a draft day coming up and Kevin and I, both being Irish Catholics, we thought that meant draft beer. Uh, of course, I'm kidding. Uh, but we, we did get into this whole thing of helping young kids out. And you know what? Quickly after we drafted our kids and, you know, it was like the Bad News Bears, I think, original series back then, what I would do, I would take third base and Kevin would take first base side. And I had the scorebook with me and I would make sure that in the dugout when we were playing on the home side that I could keep the kids somewhat in line, making sure that Johnny, who was batting, and Timmy, who was on deck, were, were clearly on deck or weren't, and were not out there, you know, shooting arrows or, or shooting uh, planes in the air that weren't there or having their gloves on top of their heads, whatever they were doing. And then one night it started, you know, we had the parents uh, sitting in the stands giving us a hard time, giving me a hard time. Why don't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why isn't Johnny playing over here? Stop doing that. Do a better job over this. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, here I am. It's a Friday night. Kevin and I were, could be out going to a bar somewhere, hanging out with our friends. But here we are. We're, we're at a baseball. We're at a baseball game, helping these young kids out. And I finally had it by about the third game. And it was about the third inning of the third game when I stopped, called timeout, my buddy Dave Schmidt was the home plate umpire. And I said, time out, Dave. I got something I need to say. And I walked over to the stands where uh, there was a fence between me and the, the parents. And I said, all right, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, starting next inning, um, I have uh, the parents of so-and-so. And this is going to happen every game now. You're going to be the parents. You're going to have third base. You're going to have first base. The fifth inning is going to be Joe and Sally's parents. Sixth inning is going to be Kevin and Mark's parents. And the seventh inning is going to be so-and-so's parents. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. You could have heard a pin drop if there was pins around there. But instead, we realized that it was the parents that we grew up with that we thought were the greatest parents in the world somehow had changed. And mostly because our parents didn't come to our games growing up. That was the biggest thing. Our parents were too busy with their lives. They were too busy working their tails off and supporting families. You know, I had six brothers and sisters. My mother was doing the laundry or the wash. And my dad was doing whatever he had to do. So we, I learned very quickly how parents have changed just in one generation to where I was before. About a, Six months later, we started uh, uh, looking at soccer 
And my, my, the mayor of the town, again, came out to me and said, hey, could you help start a soccer organization? Because I was a pretty good soccer player. Our struggling football program had been going down for the past couple of years. So I said, sure, I'll start the soccer program. We quickly built the soccer organization up to about 600 kids. It was an awesome time. I think that was uh, mid-80s. To this day, it's still called the Barrington Storm Soccer, Soccer League. Don't know how many kids they have nowadays, but it was an awesome event. I mean, I was able to take on this as myself. I brought some people in. Some people helped me out. There was a lot of support around me. Again, the mayor of the town made sure we had some funding. And, you know, we really took off. I was there six nights a week, practices, refereeing, games, all that kind of stuff. Field management, lining the fields. I really enjoyed it. And then, of course, the parents got involved again. We had two parents that decided that, you know, they needed to make a couple extra dollars. So what they did was they started uh, stealing from the concession stands. And I don't mean $10, $12, $15. I mean hundreds of dollars that would disappear. And all of a sudden, one night, they had a meeting and they tried to blame me. I had nothing to do with the monies. Uh, we did find out who the culprits were, but that was while they were trying to actually throw me off as the president of the league. And luckily, a lot of the parents came to my rescue and helped me out. These parents didn't get indicted. Uh, and the kids did end up playing. Matter of fact, two of the kids on the other on their uh, their team were, were pretty good. But after that, I then saw another thing that happened. Again, so now I had the baseball parents the first time. Then I had the soccer parents. And then I'm thinking, my goodness gracious, this is not going to end up well if I keep on doing this. But you know what? I gave my best shot. Fast forward a couple of years later, married the love of my life. We moved to Atlanta, Georgia. We have, you know, I'm helping out soccer again. Uh, I joined a big organization that had a really large organization, soccer organization. Then a few later years later, after our kids were born and raised, I started getting more involved in soccer at the local level with being a director of coaching and what we call a DOC and having the same kind of things happen where on the sidelines we'd have, you know, parents that would, who have literally never played soccer, who all of a sudden would be hollering, screaming, shouting, you know, calling off sides, not calling off sides, you know, hollering at a young assistant referee who's 10 years old because he may have blown an off sides call. And I saw this being another, another example of my goodness, look at these parents are good, a little over the top. And of course, We've all seen shows where you got the hockey parent or the softball parent or the baseball parent getting into these huge, these huge, huge fights. doesn't matter. Male, female, dad, mom, grandpa, grandma. It didn't really matter. Uh, and then again, as I started getting into more coaching, then I had an episode where I was like, you know what? I'm going to move on and try to help out some of the guys at the high school level. So I was offered to be a, the ability to coach at our local high school uh, as a special teams coach uh, for the football team, which I've been associated with now for the last almost 23 years. Awesome again. Fast forward a couple of years ago, uh, there was a guy that was there, a young man that was a, a hell of a ball player uh, on our team. His dad was a former NFL guy and sat up in the stands and, you know, Howard, 
mercifully against the the uh, the head coach and the opposing coaches and everything else. He just hollered all the time. He hollered at his kid, didn't holler at his kid. Now, this kid was one of the most talented athletes that I've seen in a long time. He was going to play college ball. He was probably, he's probably going to get drafted at some point in time. But again, another example of how the parents just get themselves too wrapped up in some of the things that are going on. So why do I tell this? Because this is what relates and how I want you to understand why I'm saying this is now coming into the sports parent university and it's going to be in a classroom setting. So which is simple to me every week, whether I'm attending a football game, by the way, last week I, uh, I attended my 1,121st high school football game or one of the hundreds of soccer or wrestling, basketball, baseball, track and field events, the sports parents can be very calm or they can just be over the top. I even wrote a chapter in my book called You Might Be a Water Cooler Parent If, and it's based on Jeff Foxworthy's You Know You're a Redneck If. So here in the first series, we'll address the four stages of the sports parent university as you as a student. And just like we have four years of college groups, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior, this will be considered your freshman year, but really your freshman podcast. And we'll move to the sophomore year next week. So are you ready? Here's the freshman year of Sports Parent University overview for you. And it's just a few. Number one, no more shouting at the refs, especially the soccer refs. As a soccer ref myself, for many years, the soccer pitch is a dictatorship. We are not going to listen to you anyways. And if we do, it might be to offer you one of those nice yellow cards or a straight red card so that you can holler all you want from your car in the parking lot as long as your windows are rolled up. And while we're at it, no shouting, bemeaning the 10-year-old referee's assistant who was trying to make a few bucks on the side. Unless, of course... You'll let him come to your place of business and holler at you and telling you how bad you are at your job. Number two, no six pump venti triple latte mochas with whipped cream 30 minutes before the game. I'll cover the alcohol 30 minutes before a game tailgating parties in your senior year of instruction. But for now, please, let's try to de decompress and have nothing else has some decaf. Three, also, no stopping by Dunkin' Donuts and buying the four dozen or so donuts to be passed around to the other kids on the team 30 minutes to prove them and give them energy. It's been proven that when certain groups of muscles get overworked and sugar is released, in this case, little Timmy's U13 soccer game, they might start out strong, but by halftime, the muscles doing all the work shut down. Number three, uh, 3B really, no berating your child before or after the game on the way home from the game or the match. Remember, these are the ones you tell them every day how much you love them and how much you can't wait to see them grow up. And remember, they are 12 or 13. So remember when you were that age and how you played. 
Number four, no berating or hollering at the head coach or the position coach before, during, or after the game. As coaches, we don't actually try and lose the game on purpose, but sometimes we do make bonehead decisions. And yes, I've even seen them in my case. Just remember, they are there all week long, and you probably are not. And finally, in your freshman year, there's a 99.99999% in most sports, except possibly gymnasts, that your child is not going to be on the recruiting board of Big Stud University. And having them ranked number one in whatever, in the class of 20, whatever it is, years from now, will change as more kids and get more serious and start to mature. To, so just take a deep breath and relax. But if there's one thing you should be in control of is your child's grades. Almost every high school has a student information system or what we call a SIS that you should monitor each and every week. As we know, getting a bunch of poor grades early on in high school and trying to climb back up is not that easy. So once again, thanks everyone for listening. And I would be grateful if you would put those stars in the review and rankings on the platform you're listening to. And until next time, do me a favor and don't outkick your coverage. And we'll see you shortly and for your sophomore year and have an awesome weekend. Take care.